0: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast. This is the podcast for marketers and for business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm really excited about today's show. Today, I'll be joined by Amy Porterfield, who is the co-author of the book, Facebook Marketing, All-in-One for Dummies. And we're going to talk about how you can build a Facebook marketing plan for your business. So if you're listening right now and you've been just kind of randomly doing things on Facebook without any particular strategy and are wondering how you can actually execute a plan that would work, this is the show for you. I've also got an awesome new tool that I discovered that I'd like to go ahead and share with you right now.
1: After introducing a vegetarian diet to piranhas, look what Michael Stelzner
0: discovered. I recently came across a really cool, Website called Buzz Sumo, as in a sumo wrestler. So B U Z Z S U M O.com. And when you go to the homepage, it says social insights for content marketers. And the way it works is it, there's a little search kind of thing, and you just type in whatever you want to type in, any kind of phrase. For example, I typed in social media marketing, and then you hit the try it out button. What ends up happening is you see inquiries come up. And what it basically does is it shows you the most popular content, in particular, it's blog content, the most popularly shared blog content across different social networks based on your search phrase. So for example, at the time of this recording, I typed in social media marketing, and I've got filter by the past week. And the first couple articles that come up, the first one says 11 big myths about social media and content marketing. And that's by Convince and Convert. And it shows you the total shares are 1,309. And what it does is it adds up the Google shares, the Facebook likes, the LinkedIn shares and the Twitter shares. Now, what's cool about this is you can look at the last 24 hours, for example, or you can look at the past week or you can look at the past month or you can look at the past six months. And what's also cool about this is you can filter by articles, infographics, videos, and other kinds of content. So what I want you to think about is this can help you find content that you might want to share in your network, because maybe part of your social strategy is to not just promote your own stuff, but to kind of become the hub of your community by showcasing articles and information that you know your audience would be interested in. So, I would give this app a try. It's actually a website, buzzsumo.com. Now, I will tell you that I have not extensively tested this, so I don't really know if it covers things outside of social media and content marketing, but I've ventured to guess that it probably does. So, check it out. That's my find of the week, and I hope you really enjoy that. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Now with that, let's transition over to today's interview with Amy Porterfield.
1: To help simplify your social safari, here's this week's special guest.
0: I'm very excited to be joined today by Amy Porterfield. If you don't know who Amy is, you need to know her. She's the co-author of Facebook Marketing, All in One for Dummies, and the host of an awesome podcast called the Online Marketing Made Easy Podcast, and a little-known factoid, well, something some of you know that have been following us for a long, long time. Amy is our very first ever Facebook community manager that we had at Social Media Examiner. Amy, welcome back to the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Mike. I just to think about being the first community manager. One, I'm honored, but two, it feels like a lifetime ago.
0: It was four years ago, and in dog years, that's like three decades. So
1: yeah, it's so true.
0: It's crazy. Well, Amy, you've been on the show before. Um, back in episode 29, we talked about how to do list building with Facebook, and if you're listening and you're curious about um, how to do that, you can visit socialmediexaminer com slash 29. But today we're going to focus on how to put a Facebook marketing plan in place. And if you're listening right now, you might be someone who has been doing Facebook because other people do it or because you've been told to do it. But the question is, do you really have a plan? So we're going to talk about how to get started with a Facebook marketing plan. And we're also going to talk about some tips that even experienced Facebook marketers uh, can employ. So let me start with this. Um, If you're listening right now, There's probably someone listening right now that has a personal profile on Facebook and maybe they've been doing some marketing with their personal profile or perhaps they're thinking about taking it to the next level by putting a Facebook page together, but they haven't really tapped into the business side of Facebook. What do you want to say to this person that's listening right now, Amy?
1: You know, a lot of people come to me and say, I only have a profile. Do I really need a page? And especially because a lot of people get some good engagement on their profile. Now, it's a rare occasion that I would say the profile is good enough. You don't need a Facebook page. I might say that to, let's say, a realtor. I think realtors do really well with building relationships up on their profile because they're not necessarily selling a program, product, or service. They have a little bit of a different type of business. For almost everybody else, I always say that a Facebook page is crucial. So if you do have a physical or online product, program, or service, a Facebook page can be extremely beneficial to your business overall. Now, specifically, why I say that a Facebook page is so important is because it gives you that permission to talk about your business, your niche, your brand on a regular basis. On a profile, you could throw in here or there what you're doing in your business, maybe tell people what's going on behind the scenes, but people expect to hear about your business from a Facebook page. So if they come to your Facebook page and they click like and become a fan, well, then they expect to hear about you and your business. And quite honestly, they're not going to be surprised when once in a while you promote something. So you want to have that foundation to allow yourself to be that go-to source, that authority in your niche, and talk about your business freely. I'm not saying promote and get crazy with all the sales kind of stuff, but you do want to be able to talk about your business. So that's one big reason why you want to have a page as well as a profile.
0: And I know that a lot of people that are... um Book authors, for example, um, have set up pages for themselves. So you can even set up a page for your yourself. As a matter of fact, you have one, Amy, right?
1: I do. Yep. So I've got my profile, and my profile is Amy Porterfield because all of our profiles should be our name. But my Facebook page is Amy Porterfield as well because I am my own personal brand. So that's exactly right.
0: Can you kind of explain how you use the two different differently? And if you use your do you use your own personal profile at all for anything business or is it strictly personal?
1: You know, I rarely use my profile at all. And the one of the things I did in the beginning, to be quite honest, something I probably would change now, is that I friended everybody. Anyone who wanted to be my friend on my profile, I said yes. So I have about 5,000, almost 5,000, quote unquote, friends on my profile. So it's really hard to use it, you know, just with family and friends. So what I've done is I've really taken all the communication over to my page The page, there's so much more you can do on a Facebook page than you can a profile. The number one, the biggest thing is that you cannot run Facebook ads to a profile. You can only run Facebook ads to a page. So you're really limiting yourself if you ever want to experiment with Facebook ads, if you just have a profile. So for me personally, I use my page 90% of the time versus using my profile. But other people like to mix it up and post on both. And I think that's a good strategy as well.
0: Okay, so uh, if you're, we're going to spend a lot of time here today talking about what you can do on your Facebook page for your business, if you happen to be listening right now and you have not yet set up a Facebook page for your business, um, we have uh, Andrea Val, who is also one of our former uh, community managers, <laughs> has have. also written a great article called "How to Set Up a Facebook Page um, for Business." And if you Google "How to Set Up a Facebook Page," or you visit our show notes, which I'll tell you how to get to later, Um, you can see that article. And it literally walks through all the beginning steps that you need to do to establish that. Now, um, for everyone else who's listening right now, or anyone, let's just presume at this juncture, you've got a Facebook page, and maybe you've been doing things, but it hasn't really been working. Um, Where do we start? How do we put a plan in place? Because when we think about a plan, Um, it doesn't mean that we're just literally um, trying anything and seeing if it sticks. It means we're being strategic about it. So where should somebody start when it comes to putting together a plan for their Facebook page?
1: You know, this is such a great question because the way I usually teach it, like I actually teach how to put together a Facebook marketing plan because it's the number one question I get asked all the time. So what I've done is I always teach it in terms of three sections – attraction, promotion, and selling. So if you're just starting out, let's talk about that attraction phase. And that is, if you're starting from scratch, you need to build up your Facebook community. And a lot of people that have had a Facebook page for a while still haven't really made that thousand dollar fan mark yet. I have a really good friend who's a great marketer, but she just doesn't spend a lot of time on Facebook. So she's stuck in that 800 fans for the last year or so. And I think it's important to grow a solid fan base. That doesn't mean you need tons and tons and tons of fans, but you do need a good solid fan base that you could start building up some great engagement and having this be your community where you are that go-to source. So one of the things I always say in that attraction phase is to find different ways to grow your fan base. And the first thing you've got to do is you have to know your audience. And I know this sounds like marketing 101, anything we do, we should know our audience. But for Facebook, you really want to know who they are, their age, male, female, what they do for their professions, where they live, what they like, what are their challenges. These are things you need to know. And if you're just starting out, some of that might be a really good educated guess and you perfect it as you get to know your audience and listen to them and really pay attention. But also, if you do have this information, document it. I always say, create a persona of your Facebook fan. Who is this person? What do they like? This is gonna help you as you create content for your Facebook page.
0: Okay, let's pause here for a second. Let's explore a little bit about, about this attraction because I think there's a lot of people listening right now that are probably thinking, man, it's embarrassing because a lot of my competitors have so many more fans than we do and we're yes. just like a pittance. So um, what are some ways that, and by the way, if you're a business that's been around for any level of time, you do have you do have some way to communicate with people, right? Like you've got you've got an email list, perhaps of clients, or maybe you've got an email newsletter, you've got a blog. Let's just let's just brainstorm. What are a couple ways that you can kind of get the word out that hey, we have a Facebook page. Come here and join the community. What, what are some of your thoughts?
1: So one of my favorite ways to do this, and one of the easiest ways to do this, is with a Facebook like box on your website. So who, if you haven't yet heard about this Facebook like box, or you're not exactly sure what it is. All it is, is it's a box, usually in the right hand sidebar, you might want to put it on your homepage in the right side. And it is basically a box with a like button for Facebook, and then let's say I wasn't a fan of your Facebook page yet and I went to your website and I'm logged into Facebook because most of us are logged into Facebook all day. So I go to your website and I'll likely see some pictures of people that I'm connected with on Facebook that have already liked your Facebook page. So right away I see some people I know. And so I can click like and become an instant fan of your Facebook page But here is the great thing about that like box. I'm staying on your website. So I'm on your website. I'm not leaving it because Facebook does not need more traffic. We should not be sending our website traffic to Facebook. So the beauty of this like box is it keeps me on your website, but now I'm an instant fan. Next time I jump on Facebook, there's a really good chance I'll start to see your post in my newsfeed. I forget, Mike, does Social Media Examiner still use a like box?
0: We do. And a quick little story. Um, So does MyKidsAdventures.com. I was on the phone with uh, somebody earlier today and she said, you know, I was at MyKidsAdventures.com and I saw some faces of some of my friends, um, which was kind of weird and I said, I said, ha ha. I said, that means you're logged into Facebook because this is what's beautiful about the Facebook like box. Most people never log out of Facebook, right, Amy?
1: Exactly. So when
0: you visit a website, if one of your or multiple of your friends happen to also be fans of that website, boom, their faces show up. And there's nothing like seeing the faces of our friends to serve as social proof or evidence that perhaps I also should like a page. And I loved how, like you said, you don't have to send them away. This is what so many people get wrong is they put that stupid little F up on their website, right? Yep. <laughs> and then what do they do? They, they literally send people away from their website. And I think this is brilliant. And I don't know about you, but for us, a significant amount of our likes on Social Media Examiner Uh, come as a result of that box. Have you found that to be the case? Oh, yes,
1: definitely. I always say, I love the story that I was talking to Michael Hyatt, who both of us are friends with and fans of Michael, and he had never added the like box up until just a few months ago. And so I got to share some tips with him and he said, I'm going to add that like box. He added it and added thousands of new friends or fans instantly because he had a really good audience on his website. And he's got a massive
0: blog, so that's not going to be like normal for everyone. Listening. Right.
1: I should say that's, that's a really great success story, Yeah, but it's definitely, the reason I like the like box more than anything else is that it's a quality fan that you're getting. These people are reading your blog posts. Maybe you're about page. They're checking out your products on your website. You want them as a Facebook fan. So you stay top of mind when they're surfing Facebook as well. So it's a really great way to get quality fans. Now,
0: I don't know if you remember way back when we opened up our Facebook page, Amy, but, um, <laughs> what we ended up doing was, um, uh, and someone listening right now might be in this position where they have a blog, for example, and um, or a website with some sort of following. And what we ended up doing was, we sent out an, a dedicated email newsletter blast to our, our 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 you know readers, if you will, and said, "Hey, come join us on Facebook." And boom, like almost immediately, they started becoming Facebook fans. And, you know, I think that's something we often overlook is the power of email.
1: Yes, it's so true. That's really powerful. It doesn't even matter if you have a massive list or not. These are people that have taken the time to give you the hottest commodity ever, their name and email. So definitely craft a solo post just about your Facebook page. And it wouldn't hurt to say a few things that they'll Um, learn or experience on your Facebook page. And if you want to take it one step further, you could do some kind of fun giveaway or contest right at that time where you're encouraging people to become fans so they have a specific reason to come on over. But yes, I think it's a must that you email your list, let them know you have a Facebook page. And you can do this for someone who's had a Facebook page for a year or more or someone who's just starting out. If you've never done it before, it's definitely worth your time.
0: Yeah, and we should just stop here and pause for a second. Anytime you have something, a podcast, a Facebook page, a Pinterest page, that maybe your followers or, 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 or readers or whatever are not aware of, you should consider doing something to make sure they become aware of it. Maybe set up an autoresponder, right? Um, Maybe 14 days after they sign up for your newsletter, say, hey, by the way, were you aware that we break news on Facebook in our industry? Or did you know you could get your questions answered? That was one of the big benefits in the early days. you remember that, Amy? You were out there answering questions that people had about Facebook marketing on our Facebook page. And we even had Facebook Fridays. Remember those? Oh, yes. So there's so many things you can do now, Amy. You mentioned there's three things. You said attraction, promotion, and engagement. Before we get on to your second thing, which is promotion, is there anything else that you think is critical for the the um, you know? Let's say, how about someone who's listening right now who's their page is stagnated? How do they attract new new people? Maybe they're not newbies, but they're just kind of like they're just not going anywhere with their growth of their page.
1: Okay. So I'm glad you brought that up because one thing, and I don't know if you've talked about this a bunch in your other podcast episodes, but graph search. Graph search is really, really valuable. And I think it's um, something, it's kind of like this hidden treasure that not a lot of people are using just yet. So it may or may not be rolled out to your Facebook account yet, but it is that big white box across the page whenever you're logged into Facebook and you're inside of Facebook. So graph search allows you to search for so many different things that could really be valuable for you to learn more about your audience and where they're spending time. So one of the easiest things to do is let's say you have a few fans, you, you know, let's say you've got a hundred fans, you could type in, in graph search, pages liked by people who like, and then the name of your Facebook page. And right away, you'll find out where your fans are spending time when they're not checking out your posts. So this is good information to have, but let's just say, let's just make this up. That you own a yoga studio and you want to get more people in to your studio, so you could. And let's say there was a Facebook page that was a really popular, like yoga magazine. You could say um, people who like yoga magazine, and it will show you these people's profiles of who they are and what they're about, and you can also find out um, just more about the interest of your fans or their fans. So interest from people who like yoga magazine, you can find out what pages they're following, what are their interest. So finding out more about your audience through graph search is really valuable.
0: What do you do with that data?
1: So there's a few things you can do with it. One, if you're ever stuck with content, if you don't know what kind of content to post, you could actually, what I did is I said, interest, interest liked by people who like Amy Porterfield. And I got a list of all the interest of my fans on my Facebook page. So social media was there at the top, but I was really surprised quite honestly to see yoga in the second tier. And I don't even do yoga, but it's interesting that my fans like yoga. Yeah.
0: So hold on. I just want to make sure I get this right. So you type in interest, like tell me the phrase again.
1: Interest liked by people who like Amy Porterfield.
0: Now, you could also do the same thing for one of your competitors, right?
1: Yes. And that's where it gets really interesting.
0: And that way you can find out who you want to attract to you and what their interests are.
1: Exactly. So there's just so many different ways you can do it. Or you could say something like pages liked by marketers who like social media examiner. So now you're taking in their title as well. So you can really narrow that search.
0: This is insane. My head is exploding.
1: (laughs) I know. Graph search kind of blows my mind. There's a lot you can do with it. There's some really great articles. Actually, Mike, there is a great article on Social Media Examiner that I've referred to a lot of my students all about, I think it's like 12 ways you can use graph search. So definitely, if we link to that in the show notes, I think people will find it really valuable.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So. Everyone who's listening right now, you've got some great ideas about how to learn more about your audience and how to attract them or how to let them know about your Facebook page. That's the first part of the marketing plan. The second part is the promotion, right? So talk to me about that a little bit.
1: Okay, so promotion really is about turning your fans into leads. At least that's how I teach it. And I know we already did a whole podcast about that. So you definitely want to go check it out. But really, if you start to look at Facebook as a place to attract quality leads to grow your email list, I think it changes the game. I have this philosophy that your subscriber list, your email list can be the energy of your business. I know that before I had an email list, I really struggled with where I was going to find my customers for my programs. As soon as I focused on growing that email list, everything changed. So in the promotion phase, there's two things you want to do. One find out different ways to turn those fans into leads so you can start using email marketing to also reach them. So you're finding, you're attracting them on Facebook and you're engaging with them there, but also you're getting into their inbox now. And then in addition to that, it's all about engagement. You've got to keep that engagement going. You want people to like, comment, share on your posts. Really important because as most people know, If your fans are not taking action when they see your post, if they're not liking it or commenting or sharing it with their friends, you're likely not going to get out into their newsfeed the next time you post. So that engagement is really important as well.
0: Okay. So let's explore this promotion thing a little bit. So um, people come to your website, they see your Facebook like box, they... Become a fan. They read an article and then they leave. And then some day down the road, they happen to see something that you're doing in their newsfeed, um, and, and and they never happen to sign up for your email newsletter in the first place, right? So right. what comes through my mind is maybe to do a webinar or to offer something for free, like an ebook. Are these the kind of things that you're talking about that that we as Facebook marketers could do to get some of these fans to essentially get onto our email list?
1: Exactly. So I think it's crucial that anybody marketing on Facebook has some kind of giveaway, like you said, a free webinar, ebook, maybe a cheat sheet or checklist or a newsletter. You want to give something away of value in exchange for that name and email. Now, where do you collect the name and email? Well, let's say you craft a really good post that has maybe a great image or a video talking about your free giveaway. And then in the status update, you say something about the giveaway and you say, click here. People click on the link, and you can either take them back to your Facebook page inside a Facebook custom app, those little boxes underneath your timeline cover photo. Sometimes it's called
0: tabs, right?
1: Tabs, yep. So you could take them to a tab that's designed to collect their name and email. Or these days, I've even been teaching people that you can take them outside of Facebook. You really got to experiment with both options. The goal here is to take them to a well-designed convergent or opt-in page that converts, that really encourages people to get that giveaway in exchange for the name and email.
0: Okay, here's a question I'm sure some people are wondering. Does Facebook give preferential treatment to to a post showing up in the newsfeed if you link to something within Facebook versus something outside of Facebook?
1: So here's how, you know, we, we can only kind of make educated guesses about this because they don't come out and say this. But what I've experienced is that when I'm running Facebook ads to, let's say, a custom app, I tend to pay less per click than if I'm running an ad to a non-Facebook URL or website. So when I take people outside of Facebook, I tend to pay more cost per click versus keeping them inside of Facebook. But mm-hmm. if I'm not running ads and it's just a regular post, I haven't seen a huge difference in reach.
0: Very interesting. Well, those are some awesome ideas. Now, um, a lot of people think about their Facebook fans as their community. And I mean, at least I do, right? I think about our, I don't know, 180, some crazy thousand fans out there. And I'm sure some of of those listening are some of them. Thank you. Um, Where do marketers tend to drop the ball when it comes to um, servicing that community, nurturing that community? What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people making?
1: Okay, I love this question because it's something that is so easy to understand, but really easy to pass or drop the ball on. And that is consistently posting great content. Now, of course, we've all heard you've got to create good content, you've got to be posting regularly. But what I've seen over and over again, are the people that really make a huge impact on Facebook are posting every single day. And they're posting different kinds of content to make sure they attract the different types of fans they have. And You know, I'm such a huge fan of Social Media Examiner. Even when I'm not talking to you, Mike, I still use you guys as an example. But from day one, Mike, we have posted, we, I say, because I was part of the beginning, but have posted content every single day. And here's where most people drop the ball, not getting a plan, a posting plan together. So just to give everyone a little secret on the early days of Social Media Examiner, do you remember, Mike, putting that plan together with me where we literally said when we are going to post what we are going to post what the posts look like like we detailed it all out
0: absolutely and I will share that part of our plan was to make sure we did not promote social media examiner as much as we promoted other stuff right yes so talk yes. about that a little bit why is that important to talk about why is it important for you for for your facebook page to kind of become a community hub that's more than just about your business
1: it's, it's important because it comes down to trust. I think when you jump out of the gate with your Facebook page and you start talking about your business, your products, your services, right away you're just like every other marketer out there that's trying to push their, their wares. But when you come out and you're a community, like you said, when you become that trusted source where you're building other people up, like there was a rule in this document Mike and I created where Mike said, I want to make sure I'm posting a third party article every single day, meaning we're linking to other people's blogs and giving them a shout out every single day. I think that really set the stage for the type of page this was. This was a resource type of community versus we want your business. And there's more
0: here going on than just providing great content to your community. You're also showing love to others in the industry and that helps draw them to you, doesn't it?
1: It does. I mean, if you want to do networking online, the best way to do that is start to show some love for other people's content. You're exactly right. They will notice it. They might not even say anything about it. They know. So okay. I think that was huge. And, and another thing that comes back to the consistency and posting often is really making sure whether it's just you or you have a small team to help you that you guys are that your team gets really clear about how you're posting are you going to use images or video or are you going to use links only these are the conversations you want to have it's just a conversation one time you document it and you're good to go but without that there seems to be no consistency and it's really easy to just drop off and not continue
0: Okay, folks. I mean, this is so important and I'm so glad you brought this up. You really need to have, as Amy's saying, a consistent content strategy. We even had, um, in the early days, um, because Cindy King was in France, we had 24 hour on the clock coverage. Do you remember that?
1: Oh yeah. We had different times. I knew, I knew when I was jumping on, she knew when she was jumping on.
0: Yeah. And it was me, it was all three of us that were monitoring the page. So, um, if your fans begin to know that you're always going to be there, that you're always going to be able to answer your question. And if you can't answer your question, you're going to be able to refer them to some place they can. Then you kind of become a place that they that they know they can go to. And every time something crazy happened in the world of social media, like Facebook made a change, they'd all be on our wall, right?
1: Yes, And they'd all be posting really questions.
0: Cool. And, and that's what you want. And that's how you begin to grow a community. All right. Um, next question. The for those that are listening right now that their goal is to drive traffic off of Facebook to some place. Okay. And let's say it could be, um, their blog or it could be, um, any other thing, you know, their, their goal is to use Facebook as a traffic generating mechanism. What are the, what's the prevailing wisdom or what tips would you have to share to help, um, you know, basically help them promote their content that drives them off of Facebook. Does that make sense? Do you understand what I'm saying?
1: It does, definitely. So the first thing you want to think about is crafting a really strategic post. And what I mean by that is making sure that your status update is short and to the point. There was this great study by Buddy Media. It's a pretty old study now, but it still prevails every single time I teach it and test it. And that is a post with 80 characters or less gets up to 27% more engagement. So the shorter, the better. And that makes sense. People are multitasking on Facebook. You have a sliver of their attention. So you want to really create a concise, to-the-point status update, and you want to, of course, link to, let's say, a blog post. So if your goal is to get someone to click that link and go check out your blog, then you want to make sure that you have a very clear call to action in that status update. It's not enough just to add the link. You have to say something like, click here to learn more, "our details here, or go here now. Something, a really easy call to action is important in this situation. But also, what's very important is to decide, are you going to use images or not? Now, this is a huge debate because a lot of the people that teach Facebook marketing, people I respect immensely, will say that it's better to post without images. A lot of studies have been done where when you don't use an image, you tend to get a a greater reach. And I've actually seen that in certain cases on my own Facebook page. But here's my philosophy on images. You might get a bigger reach when you don't use an image. And we don't even exactly know why that is. This is a weird Facebook thing. You might get a better reach, but are you getting greater engagement? And that tends the answer usually is no. So the reason I use images more often than not is because they grab attention in the newsfeed And I can use images to tell people what to do. So let me give you an example. Let's say I wrote a blog post all about should you give your kids allowance or not. And so if I wrote this blog post and in the status update, I might say, new blog, should you be giving your kids allowance, 10 tips to help you figure it out or whatever. And then I say, go here now. And I link to the actual blog post. But in the image, I can maybe have, I've done this for a client, a big chalkboard and then I could t- use words. I could add Im- um, text to the image that says, "Should you give your kids allowance?" So now the image is actually speaking for you. And images really, really attract so much, so much more traffic than let's say a regular status update. So using your image to punctuate your status update is what's going to get people to actually pay attention and click. Does that make sense?
0: Totally, and a couple quick little additions here. Um, you can use a service called PicMonkey, P-I-C, monkey, yep. and you can easily pull an image in there and, and, and add text over the top of it and do all that kind of cool stuff, and it's beautiful, and it's awesome, and everybody seems to use it for Pinterest, but you could use it for Facebook. But the second thing I wanna say is that what's great about Facebook is they have recently upgraded their metrics. And I think that this is one of those kind of things you have to test because every audience is different. So for example, one audience might share an imi- a post with an image more than one without, and maybe that sharing will ultimately lead to more traffic driving, right? So um, we've been experimenting with this with Social Media Examiner. And, you know, Uh, And I think this is part of the reason why there's debate all over the place on this. You know what I mean? Um, For example, we at Social Media Examiner find that when we do a short post with just a URL and do not let Facebook populate in the image and the yes. text, that we actually get better click-through than when we than when we let them populate through the image. Which, really? Yes, we actually do. Now, this is us, you know, and it may be different for you. Um, and this is one of those things that I think is worth experimenting with. For example, we used to take screenshots of the um, top of the article, and put that up on Facebook because they could actually see more in the screenshot than we could put into the post. Right. And they could see the number of shares and everything. We've stopped doing that because we were not getting as many click throughs. So it is one of those kind of things that you really need to experiment with. And I've spoken to enough people to know that it's absolutely different for everyone. And I think it's just one of those things that it depends on your audience. So, um,
1: I definitely agree. You
0: know, it's one of those kind of things. You just got to look at the metrics and see what works. Um, Okay, another question for you is um, the contests. Um, you know that we all know. Well, not everyone listening may know this, but Facebook has recently lifted the rules so that you do not have to use an app for contests. And um, one of my thoughts are, you know, contests can be a way for you to grow a following on your Facebook page if you don't have a lot. I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on that? And have you experimented with having wall-based contests without any apps?
1: Yeah. So basically, just to make sure everyone understands, before you had to use this app, and usually there's tons of hoops you had to jump through. So like you said, Mike, that no longer applies. So now you could, let's say on your Facebook page, say, click like for a chance to win XYZ. We'll pick a random winner in an hour, or whatever it might be. You can pretty much do whatever you want in terms of a contest on your wall. Here's how I you know, I've always taught contest to grow your email list because I think contests are really valuable. But if you put the time, energy and money into creating a really well-designed contest, then you might as well make sure that you turn those fans into leads. So what I've always taught is let's say you're going to give away, you know, 10 hours of free uh, fitness training at your gym. So with that, you want to make sure you're getting these names and emails of people that would be genuinely interested in something like that. So then you could obviously communicate with them outside of the contest. Now, since you don't have to do that, a lot of people are running all these random contests on their Facebook page, but completely missing the opportunity to grow their email list. I'm not a huge fan of that, except once in a while, and I think this works great for local businesses like restaurants and stores to get foot traffic in, Giving away, let's say, a coupon or a discount to people that click like or comment or share on a post, and they get instant gratification and can come through the door, I think that's really worth it. You yeah, are the 1st all-
0: X ex-people to comment, get VIP access to something, right?
1: Exactly. I love that when it means foot traffic through the door. So I think the new guidelines work really well with local businesses. I think for those online marketers or people trying to grow an online presence I think that you're going to serve yourself and your business better if you actually did collect names and emails for a contest. So the bigger the contest, the more time energy you put into it, I'd be using something to collect names and emails.
0: Okay, so the last tenet of the Facebook marketing plan is engagement. We've talked about attraction. We've talked about a ton of ideas for promotion. Talk to us a little bit about engagement. What are what are a few tips to allow Facebook uh community managers, if you will, to better get engagement and why is engagement so important?
1: So if we talk about the three levels, we've got attraction, promotion, and then selling would be the third one. And selling and engagement really go hand in hand in terms of you can't get people to take action and want to do business with you if they're not truly engaged. Ah. So a few things to think about in terms of you know, moving your fans to customers is first they've got to completely buy into the fact or really genuinely care about you and your brand. So it comes back to, of course, the consistency and posting often and finding out what types of posts are really going to work for you. But also, you want to make sure that you are getting your audience to give you feedback. So I know that you do this on Social Media Examiner, but asking questions, I've been teaching this for years, but I just don't see people doing it as much as it really, it's so powerful. Asking questions and getting feedback is really important so that when you do put together your programs, products, or services to sell, you know what your audience wants. But another part of that Facebook marketing puzzle or that plan that we're talking about Is that if you want to sell, I'm not a huge fan of selling directly from Facebook. What I love to do is build up my email list and then use email marketing to take things outside of Facebook, build up that relationship even more with great valuable content inside my emails, and then eventually tell people what it is that I'm promoting. So that's my way of doing it. It doesn't always have to be done that way, but that's just one way to look at it. Also, real quickly, if you do want to promote on Facebook, in my opinion, you've got to earn it. So that means that when you're posting every single day great content, posting to third-party articles and giving other people that social media love, that is so valuable so, when you do actually promote people pay attention it's something different, and they respect and trust you enough to pay attention. I actually learned this in your book launch um Mike your book launch was all about you know taking those different phases and not promoting all the time. I think that's so valuable for Facebook,
0: yeah, I talk about things. I talk about how um your business is like a rocket, and people are what fuel it forward. Um, well, people are what burn your fuel and your content is your fuel. And the second you t- turn on your, your marketing engines and you start to sell, that's like um, basically shutting off the engines. Yes. <laughs> you know, And then all of a sudden you stop forward momentum. So you have to be really careful about pulling that lever You know, because if you do it constantly, you're never gonna make any forward progress. Instead, you're gonna start going backwards. And that's kind of the secret sauce, I think, is to serve, 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 and then occasionally offer, you know, and those that aren't interested will give you a pass and those that are might be interested. And I think that's part of the secret sauce to all this. Yeah, um,
1: kn- I know people will listen to this podcast at all different times of the year, but now when we're talking about it, we're coming up into 2014 and now's the perfect time to start planning your marketing calendar for the new year. And I think really keep this in mind, what Mike just said about planning out your promotions on a calendar of a yearly calendar, knowing very specific dates when you're going to promote and then add value through all those other holes in the calendar where you're not promoting, that's where you wanna get really heavy on that value add. I think it makes a huge difference.
0: Well, it's my hope that everyone that's listening right now is saying, wow, this is awesome. I need to, when I get back from whatever I'm doing, driving or walking or on the tractor in the (laughs) cornfield, I need to to get all this stuff documented um, and I wanna learn more. So Amy, um, first of all, Where can people discover more about you and any of your latest courses that you've got going on?
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. At amyporterfield.com, I've got everything there, including a lot of great content and blog posts as well. So amyporterfield.com.
0: Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. And I know that this is one of those podcasts that people are gonna listen to over and over and over again. So I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to share your knowledge with us.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I hope you got a lot out of that interview with Amy Porterfield. Uh, There's a lot of great things that we talked about, and if you missed anything, you can get the show notes at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 65, and when I say show notes, I mean the links to everything that we spoke about, uh, any screenshots of any relevant things that uh, my editorial team thought would make sense, but it's also a place where you can go and leave comments and let us know what you think about the podcast. Also want to ask if you listen to this on Stitcher Radio or on iTunes, I would love a rating and a review. That helps my podcast get seen by more people and allows me to grow a larger reach and impact more people. There's two ways you can go about doing this. If you're a Stitcher radio listener, you can visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash Stitcher and you can visit to socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes if you're an iTunes person. In either case, uh, I'd love it if you subscribe and consider giving us a rating and a review this does bring us to the end of yet another social media marketing podcast. Again, I am your host, Michael Stelsner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world.
1: The social media marketing podcast is a production of social media examiner.
0: I kind of messed that one up, didn't I? <laughs> Just so you know what I did there, I was supposed to decrease the volume rather than increase the volume and then play this little clip at the end.
1: The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.
0: That's the end of the podcast, folks. Thanks for hanging around for a few extra seconds and listening to my mess up. I'll catch you next time. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.